Welcome to the Chasing Ebenezer Show. This is a show where we talk about stuff, play you some music, and encourage you to be creative. This season, we are exploring the art of being human. We want to say thank you to our patrons who support us each month. If you want to know more about that, visit us on patreon.com backslash Chasing Ebenezer. For more information about our musical endeavors, visit ChasingEbenezer.com. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Chasing Ebenezer show. I'm Benjamin and this is Heidi, in case you forgot. I'm also thinking about changing our names to Rooster and the Egg. (laughs) Why would I be the egg? I don't know. Maybe it's that smooth (laughs) surface and my out of control hair. That's why I'm wearing my hipster toupee right now. Uh, Yeah, we're so glad to be here. We're uh, this is season three of the Chasing Ebenezer show, and we're talking about what it means to be human. That is such a big question. We think it takes at least one season for us to start talking about it. So anyway, what are you excited about? I know you've been gearing up to share this story. Don't you love it when people are excited about someone else's mishap? Ah, this is my... I am excited about my favorite Ben story to date. So, we... You like like to have your chocolate bars cold. I do. So you often keep them in the fridge, in like the door of the fridge. So... That's the place where most chocolate goes in our house. Okay, so the other night, this was in the door, and it's a, if you're just listening, it's a, it's a thin box, okay, and you pulled out this. And for, and before she finishes the story, (laughs) she buys chocolates that are not necessarily, um, I buy like, you, you buy what you call... I don't tend like, to buy name branding. Exactly. I'll go to like grocery so, outlet or other places. I just buy like... I like so um, me seeing chocolate. chocolate. In, me seeing chocolate in a weird shape. <laughs> or a different box. Yeah, I just buy... Wasn't for me. Okay, and then he... Okay, and then it, chocolate... The, the, it looks like this. Now, I do want to note that on the other side of the box, there is a white cat and something that says Fancy Feast... On the other side, it says mouthwatering, savory treats, and easy break-apart bars. I will admit that if you're not paying attention to what you're eating, they do look, it looks exactly like a chocolate bar. And it had been a really long, and I mean (laughs) long day. So. Yes, I ate cat food. You ate Punky's cat food. And I laughed, I think probably for 15 minutes. I, I felt bad. I, I could not stop laughing. I was in so much pain. Yes, you so were. the As lesson that we learned is that, you know, always read the box before you eat something. Rule to live by. And I do admit that I put it in the fridge, in the door of the fridge as well. So I can see why it could be confusing, but and also, so thank you, Fancy Feast. Punky loves these, so if you want to send us a whole crate of them, we would love that. And thank you for providing a hilarious moment. What did it, what did it taste like? Share with us what, so, what Fancy Feast so, uh, savory so cravings a, a, taste like. So a sequence of events <laughs> that transpired were, I took a bite out of it and I thought, 
I wonder if this is just the kind of chocolate you cook with. And then I'm oh, like, oh, like is... baking chocolate right, that right, right, right. Okay, okay, right. But then all of a sudden, you <laughs> scream, and then I look, and I realize, oh my, I just ate cat food. I didn't think, oh my. And uh, I immediately ran to the trash can and proceeded to get it out of my mouth as quickly as possible. Oh, so funny. Let me tell you something about cat food. It doesn't rinse out very easily. (laughs) So, you know, that has provided tons and tons of of enjoyment for me to tell anyone I can about about this. So, there you go. Hello, internet. Chocolate meat. There you go. Chocolate meat. Chocolate cat meat. All right. What are you excited about? Well, I, no one will be able to match the level of excitement you had over that. Uh, <laughs> but I'm excited because you got me tickets to go see Ben Harper in September. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty cool. She is pretty cool. Ben Harper is probably <laughs> second to like Dave Matthews. He's probably one of my biggest influences. And so I've never seen him live. If you've never listened to Ben Harper... Every album is amazing. So go listen to Ben Harper. But we get to see him at Edgefield in September. So I'm excited about that. Very excited about that. Uh, I already shared this, but I'm still very excited about my my Shirango, my instrument that I got and played for you last time. Um, I'm still playing it a lot. And she's even playing it now. Well, I've started to I've started to learn ukulele. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you're teaching ukulele lessons. I am. And I so am. I decided that <laughs> I'm going to start teaching ukulele lessons soon. So I figured I should learn how to play the ukulele first. But as long as you're just a little bit ahead of your students, then... <laughs> I mean, since I play guitar and yeah. violin, I, I, there's already some. I just have to learn a few things. So I'm I'm learning ukulele as well. And <laughs> you're doing a good job. And I mean... And, 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 Fake it till you and, make and it, right? the, the thing is, if you can play a shirango, which has like an which extra is, string, yeah, the, like, like and, ukulele. then ukulele is a lot easier because you only got one string. Yeah. Weren't, anyway, but yeah, no, you're doing a so, good job So, hey, go learn something and then teach it to someone else and mm. just act like you know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How am I feeling my humanity? Uh, I guess like right now, I'd say I'm feeling anxious. I've had a lot of anxiety the past couple of weeks. Some of that has just been waking with it. Um, some of it is getting overwhelmed by like little things. Uh, for us as church people, it's it's Easter week. So there's a lot of things to get ready and get done. Um, so I'm finding myself feeling overwhelmed. Like even my heart, even now my heart rate, I can feel it kind of doing that. So I'm trying to recognize that and to stay calm. And to move slow, because if you, I found if you don't move slow and you're moving fast and you're not thinking, you might accidentally end up eating cat food. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me. How are you feeling? Your humanity? Uh, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Same anxiety. So, um, my therapist gave me a, it's kind of obvious, but especially if you're like having tons of things that you're anxious about, you know, writing them down so that they're not kind of like this floating anxiety. So I did that this morning, the different things, and just very quickly, it was like, oh, here are the things that are causing stress. There's something about the tactile thing and, like, consolidating them so it's not floating. So, helpful tip there from... From your therapist. From my therapist. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I'm not as... I should clarify. I, I feel like I should be stressed about Holy Week, 
but I'm finding myself stressed about little things, like things that aren't connected to that. Why should you be stressed about Holy Week? Well, there's all this expectation. Oh, I was going to say, because I think Jesus doesn't want you to be stressed. I'm pretty sure he doesn't either. But but it's like, man, like setting up lights or or answering my phone, those things, or or returning a phone call. Anybody get stressed about returning a phone call? Yes. Those are the things Voice I'm getting mail. stressed oh out about. Oh my goodness. <gasps> checking yeah. my email. <sighs> checking my text message. <laughs> That's kind of the sound in our house most of the time. Is, is that is that sound? Either you know, yeah. Oh, um, you know, being a person being is a hard. Being a person is hard. <laughs> so for the show today, uh, we're going to be talking about speaking of Holy Week. You know, some people in different uh, traditions of Christianity observe Lent where they fast, where they go without something for 40 days. We I didn't do that this did year. did not do I that this year. We have in the past. I just didn't do it this year. Yeah. Uh, so not we're, a rule. So we're going to talk about the idea of fasting or going without as a part of being human. So here we go. All right. So to kind of get into this topic, what is something that you've given up from given up for a period given up from what have I given up from? I give up. (laughs) What is something you've given up for a period of time? Intentionally. Intentionally. And what was that like for you? Uh, I think the most I've gone without food is like two or three days. Okay. So that's the longest, just not eating. And that wasn't uh, because the fridge was empty. You chose no, not to do it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And I usually, anytime I don't like give up food, I find out what a jerk I am usually. Um, I've, I've got, you know, I, ha- I've given up different things for 40 days. I've given up like sugar, coffee, oh, not drinking coffee for 40 days. The minute I drink it again, love it. Uh, soda, <laughs> love it. Um, it's usually things that I feel like I maybe I'm becoming a little bit addicted to. I don't want to be TV. Yep. So that's the thing is like the things that I've given up for 40 days, the minute I start again, I love them. It doesn't make me love them any less. I must like, um, for health reasons, for a couple, I would say, oh, how long did I go like gluten free? I, I feel like I went like almost a year, year and a half gluten free. Yeah. And I didn't feel any better, so I was like, well, well, this is not worth it. Um, You and I, I think before we got married, didn't we give up French fries for like a year? We did. We got engaged. We did, and regular soda I gave up. I gave up soda, I think. Did I give up soda? Maybe you did. Oh, maybe you got regular, not diet. I gave up regular. French fries we gave up for a year. I don't know why. We're just eating too many French fries. College. Yeah. Um, Um, So I think that no matter how much... My experience is no matter what I give up, I feel like it reveals weakness in me and how how much when you give that thing up, you just, that's all you think about. You want it, you want it, you want it. Um, and so I think, uh, yeah, I just realized how weak I am, how many things I'm addicted to that are socially acceptable. Um, yeah. That are not, but, um, so it is a good experience though, whenever I do it because it just teaches me okay i'm relying on this thing for comfort for yeah Mm. like binkies (laughs) yeah so um for me i would say that i would give up food for a long period of time as long as it meant i didn't have to give up coffee yeah i'd rather drink coffee than because because you know and i'll and i'll share kind of what happens to me during a fast is Coffee is an appetite suppressant. 
which means that if I'm drinking coffee and I'm caffeinated, I don't feel as hungry. So yeah. it's kind of like a, it kind of keeps me from having to feel the suffering of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the longest I've gone without food, I would say was probably 32 to 36 hours. Uh, I was working full time. I think I was wanting to pray about a few things. And the first day was just awful. <laughs> it was bad. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing um, No, it's okay. It was funny. Uh, the second day... I think I began to feel myself almost feel like joy and yeah, yeah. you feel good. Maybe it's cause like, Hey, look at me. I got this done. <laughs> um, and, and I, and I broke fast the way that you're not supposed to. I had a triple cheeseburger from Wendy's. <laughs> um, cause I earned those calories back. Uh, but yeah, I, I did that the, uh, this year, uh, in my men's group, one of the things that they encourage you to do is to go and fast and be in nature. Um, because like fasting kind of like alters your state of perception, um, which is, which sounds weird and it is, but it, it, it actually really is helpful. Uh, and so I've done that a few times, um, just for a few hours. And that's been, uh, something that helps me be a little bit more aware, more noticing things and definitely recognizing, okay, I'm in an intentional place. I think sometimes when you give up something on purpose, Mm -hmm. it sets your focus a little bit better. Um, but what I find happens to me, especially if I'm having to like fast for religious reasons, that I find a loophole. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, yeah. so so last week, because um, I got to preach on fasting last week, I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to doom scroll starting Tuesday. And doom scrolling to be specific. It means that I'm on Facebook <laughs> and I am just mindlessly using my thumb to look at everyone else's life, (laughs) which does not benefit mine at all. Uh, So I gave up on that, but I still felt the urge to check my phone. So what I found myself doing was, well, I need to just check and make sure my notifications, because I run a business on Facebook. So I'll look and make sure there's nothing there. And then I'll check and make sure there's nothing on my Instagram. And then I'll scroll my email. I found myself finding ways to scroll that weren't technically Facebook. And so I find myself that when I make it a rule, I try to find a way around the rule that's still keeping the rule. That's what I do. Yeah. So you're a much better person than me. No, 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 no. So that's like intentional. Yes. Going without. Yes. I think most people in life, though, have felt a lack of some sort. Uh, Right. You know, right now, I would say that we lack what I would consider adequate space for. To do what we do. To do what we do. But. This is where we're at. So um, have you felt like a lack in any area that wasn't intentional in your life? I'm thinking. (laughs) I feel like I lack sometimes certain skills. Like I'm not good at certain things. So Yeah. Um, And sometimes it's a cop out for me. I feel like I lack time to be in a good space to be creative that isn't rushed. Yeah. Because I can think of a thousand other things I ought to be doing. Or I feel like all of my emotional energy gets spent on things I don't particularly want to do. So by the time I have time, you don't so have any energy I don't have left. any energy to really want to do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. which isn't true, right. but that's how I feel. Right. And so, and for a lot of people in the world though, I mean, lack, they literally yeah. have a lack of food and clean water. And so, uh, for a lot so many of us as Americans, we don't have a concept of, of that kind of lack. 
Um, but it's kind of all a spectrum. Everyone at some point right. in life feels a lack of some sort. Yeah. Uh, whether it's imposed, self-imposed, or just the nature of, of your life. So. Yeah. So why in the world, if we have stuff, would we voluntarily <laughs> go without it? I mean, I can think of some of the religious reasons, you know, for like certain holidays and that kind of thing. But what's what's the point behind that? What's the point? Well, I think that when, you know, suffering will happen in life. It's just part of being human. That's not true. If I have enough stuff, <laughs> I won't suffer. So I think um, it, fasting is, or going without, you know, it's kind of like a discipline. It's kind of like if you don't go without and then one day, wah! You're not in the habit of yeah. experiencing lack or, or perceived lack in a specific area. So um, I have been out of the rhythm of, of intentionally fasting lately. And part of that's been from exhaustion for a couple of years. Just a few years. <laughs> but I am, I'm hoping to return into a, um, a, a better rhythm of that. Um, so it's kind of like training yourself. You know, I can do without this. I can survive without television. I can survive without coffee. So it, it's... No, no. <laughs> you can't survive without coffee. That's not true. I might be a jerk, but... So I think it's it's kind of... <laughs> being in a rhythm of fasting um, is something that, yeah, you, you can learn to do without things. So that way when... Um, a type of suffering or something catches you off guard that you're not in control of, it's a little, it can, it can be a little less shocking yeah. to your system. And you've kind of already like, wait a minute, I've been without before. I can do this. I let's, so I don't know. To me, that's kind of how I viewed it when I've done seasons of like rhythms of fasting. So, before. So it's almost like a fire drill for suffering. It's exactly what it yeah. is. You're yeah. so smart. Side note, did you like fire drills as a kid? Or did you hate I them? got anxiety over fire drills. Oh, I'm so Cause, sorry. Because the sound, it's like if I knew it was going to happen at some point, I'd be ready for it. Like I, I used to, like originally. Oh. But that sound is really, yeah, it does true. its job. It makes you want to run out of the building. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, not, I don't know. Did not like Mixed fire drills. Mixed emotions about it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think another thing that's really good for fasting is that, especially for us who have abundance, when we have bad feelings or things we don't want to deal with, things like food, things like TV, things like technology, they can almost be like a lid that we put over our, our emotions, over the bad or stuff. Like a Band-Aid kind or of. Or a Band-Aid, yeah. yeah, that keep things from being felt. Being dealt with. And being dealt with. And fasting is almost a way of like intentionally pulling that off <laughs> and allowing it to come to the surface. And if you're going to do this, do it with a, with a, psych. if you're in counseling, I mean, do, you know, have a mental health professional say whether it's a good idea for you, have a doctor say whether it's a good idea for you to do it. Have a pastor, spiritual director say, well, you know, I mean, don't do it just for funsies, but sometimes peeling that stuff off does create an opportunity for those things to come out. Like you talk about how you feel like a jerk whenever you don't eat. So maybe I'm just a jerk. No, no. <laughs> but eating but, makes me not a jerk. But those things have, I mean, there's, there's information in that, right? Yeah. And it's stuff like, oh, I have to, I get to deal with this stuff. 
Um, and I think like even just with, with, um, with spiritual people, people in church, fasting is also a way of kind of surrendering your comfort and surrendering your agenda. Cause I've got a whole lot of great plans for my life that include not me suffering. <laughs> you know, you, most people don't multiple think hey, my goal for life is to be without and to suffer. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that there is an element of that where it's almost kind of like you're stepping into that place and allowing God to take care of you there. And that, that's a, that I have trust issues with that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard. And it's not about causing self harm. I think that's, no. that's not the same thing. You know, for someone who's in the past, you know, I struggled with healthy eating, mental stuff. So, yeah, it, that's why fasting doesn't have to be just limited to food. Like, if it, you have a medical no. condition or you have eating disorder issues, then then giving that food is, you know. So, it's not meant to cause self-harm. That's really important. That's right. the difference. And it's not so. And honestly, there are some good fasting dietary things that happen. But to do the, the kind of fast we're talking about, it's really not about, oh, I want to have my beach body in three weeks. So, <laughs> what? Yeah, apparently that's not a good idea either. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's more about, um, for me too, sometimes it's been things like TV or the news. You know, it's what what's that thing that I go to to numb out or to not deal with yep. my problems? And, and is it a good idea to set this aside for a while. Um, <laughs> what were you no, going to say? I agree. And I think I, apparently we should still be on that fast because uh, I find myself feeling very negative when I, <laughs> whenever you watch, whenever the I'm news. on the news or I'm on Facebook. I don't think we I didn't watch news this morning. I don't think I did. I watched a little bit. Okay. Okay. But yeah, I like, we, I've said before, I'm like a disaster glutton. I'm like, show me all the bad things in the world. <laughs> Let me know. So why do you think it's important for creatives to practice fasting? Like, what does fasting have to do with creativity? Well, I think we've talked about this before, hmm. that sometimes you can have so many options that you don't know what to create. Yes, so, that is very uh, real. Like, limited, sometimes if I'm painting or drawing, I'll limit myself, like, okay, use these colors. Um, it just kind of reduces the options and the... What do I choose so I don't choose anything and I just sit paralyzed? I think they call that decision <laughs> fatigue. Oh wow! Well, I think it sounded more interesting when yeah. I like. <laughs> I think I think the way you said it was way more interesting. Oh. Yeah, I think that's good. I think the other piece of it is uh, that it's two things. It's like for me, I can come up with a thousand excuses about not creating because I want the ideal environment, the ideal mood. The ideal energy level. I mean, all of these things. And when you're fasting, you're not at an ideal level at all. So creating from a place of where it's not convenient actually helps you cr cultivate more of a discipline of creating. Because it's yeah. no longer yeah. about, oh, I feel like creating now, so let me do this. It's I, like, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, the other thing is that I think in some ways fasting can help make you create more honest art because you're dealing with the stuff that you've been trying not to mm, deal with. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It provides creative material. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very, so, very insightful. Yeah. Those are just some things I think. 
Um, so I think things sometimes. Um, there's so many possible prompts for this. I mean, there's just so many. So, but I think it's just practice fasting in some way, shape, or form. Well, I didn't want to limit it just to. Okay, that. well, what did you have in mind? <laughs> I have. I always have so many thoughts. Um, surproof. That word, sir. That's a hard word to say. I can't even say Su- it. Perfulous? Sur. It's a surplus. It's superfluous. <laughs> this is staying in. The uh, cut. Sorry about that. Uh, like you all know, English is a very hard language. Um, I was thinking <laughs> as well. If you have a like a surplus of something, um, maybe consider someone who could benefit from it. Um, oh, that's good. And then, yeah. You know, it's really okay. Here's what I'll say. Sometimes it can be fun. It can be like a fun challenge if there's something you have that you really love and you like it. But it's like, you know what? I should give this to someone because it's almost like training yourself to give up something that you really like. It's just an idea. Like there's certain art supplies that I really love. And I have like an Ipsy account with from from like makeup where they send you. It's just like a little membership where you get different makeup supplies. You don't have an Ipsy account. Nope. But I'll get something like, oh, I love this. Oh, but I should give it to someone else. It's kind of like a fun like way of of releasing something that you love because it's teaching. It, it kind of teaches me that I don't have to have everything. I don't. I think we've talked about hoarding yeah. and that kind of thing before. So maybe find someone. But you don't need to say, I see that you're lacking. And so. <laughs> Actually, don't do that. Even if the person um, is lacking, just never do that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, if you're creating something this week, limit yourself to your yeah. supplies or your materials or your color palette. We do this sometimes in songwriting. I was going to say. Oh, go ahead and say it. Yeah. No, like I'll, cre- I'll have like three little bowls and I'll put three options in them. Like one is like a song topic. One is like what guitar I use. The other is sometimes I even like what musical type of scale do I use? And I draw from each of those and I write from that place using only those prompts. Was that what you're going to say? You said it so much more complex than I was going to say it because you're okay. a genius. <laughs> and I lack that level of insight. Again, I ate cat food. <laughs> no, 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 no. It seems like it enlightened your mind. <laughs> Uh, so there's so many ideas out out there so um yeah share with us how you've done this yourself in your own life and what you enjoyed about it what you hated about it (laughs) all those fun things uh the song that we're gonna do is a song that probably one of our most favorite songs to play we usually close almost every show we play with it is uh, our song home it's off of our first record, and we, our full band, did a performance um, on CCTV in Salem a few years ago. This was before the pandemic, and so we're gonna share that video and that performance with you. Big thank you to CCTV in Salem for capturing that. And uh, anything else am I missing? Uh, next week, next episode, we hope to do it next week. Uh, depends how how lazy we are. Yeah. <laughs> Depends how this week goes. <laughs> yeah, so we'll do. We'll talk about the opposite next right, week, abundance. like kind of abundance and indulging that yeah. kind of thing. So, cool. There you go. All right. Well, hey, we love you. We'll see you soon. 
I am cool.